It's your time to Ed Up with America's leading higher education podcast network, the Ed Up Experience, where we make education your business. This is Ed Up Legal with your host, Patty Roberts. She's Dean at St. Mary's School of Law, and she's going to be leading conversations about legal education in today's world. Now let's hear from your host, Patty Roberts. Hi, welcome to EdUp Legal. This is Patty Roberts from St. Mary's University School of Law, and I am your host. Today I am joined by two of my own colleagues, Zoe Niesel, who is our Associate Dean for Academic Affairs, and Colin Marks, our Associate Dean for Strategic Partnerships and Innovation. And first, I'd like you both to tell us what brought you to St. Mary's and describe your positions. Um, Dean Marks, do you want to start? Yeah, so I came to St. Mary's in 2006. Prior to that, I was an associate at Baker Botts, and um, I had applied all across the country to you know, different law schools, and I was lucky that I ended up getting an offer from a law school that was the closest law school to Houston, which is where I was living at the time, that wasn't in Houston, <laughs> uh, which made my wife really happy because she's from Houston. So we were a really short trip from San Antonio to Houston to see family if we needed to. Uh, I was also attracted to the fact that it is the only Catholic law school in Texas. Um, I'm Catholic, and the mission was attractive to me, so uh, it was a really good fit. Excellent. And what do you teach here? So I teach secure transactions, contracts, sometimes business associations, and sometimes business torts. Uh, generally speaking, a lot of the commercial law and business courses. Excellent. And Dean Niesel. Thanks, Patty. So I joined the St. Mary's faculty in 2016. Before that, I was teaching as a visiting assistant professor at Wake Forest University. And I was so thrilled to get the chance to come to St. Mary's. I'm a Texas native, so the opportunity to return to my home state was a huge draw. But I have to say the family spirit of St. Mary's brought me and keeps me here. There's just a real warmth on the faculty and in the student body that makes it just a really positive, fun place to be. So I really can't imagine myself anywhere else. Well, it's amazing that you can say that even during year two of pandemic teaching. That <laughs> <But> is correct. <laughs> we appreciate your cheerful spirit and attitude. Um, you mentioned to me that you're enjoying teaching the 1Ls. Can you tell our listeners what it is you teach here? Sure. Well, my 1L course is Civil Procedure, which uh, covers the rules of the game in the federal court system, the operation of procedural rules um, in that court system. And it's just really fun to be with the 1Ls. They always bring such a great energy. They're really engaged in the material. We're trying to find lots of ways to make procedural rules fun, and I think we're succeeding. Um, but it's always a breath of fresh air to be with them. Uh, in the upper level, I teach administrative law, which is a great course about regulata regulatory process and affairs. Um, and I'm looking forward to teaching that in the spring. Well, I hope if there are any potential law school applicants out there, they're listening and they can hear that Dean Niesel likes to make civil procedure fun and finds way to, ways to do that. And Dean Marks, actually, uh, with a co-author, has um, crafted a secured transactions coloring book, uh, which surely must be the first one of its kind in the country. Uh, for secured transactions, yeah. <laughs> Someone beat us to the punch on, there's a criminal law coloring book that's out there somewhere that I've heard of, but um, ours has better artwork. Okay. And <laughs> your, your students are assigned 
to use the coloring book and secure transactions. Correct? Oh, yeah, there are exercises and activities, and um, I was a little leery of assigning my own coloring book to the class, but the teaching evaluations seemed to have bore out that it was a useful tool and the students like it. Plus, it's not expensive. It's not like a, a case book that costs hundreds of dollars. It's a, it's a $20 purchase. All right, well, great. Um, so the reason that I've taken uh, liberty and invited some of St. Mary's uh, colleagues onto the podcast is because we have big news. And uh, that big news is that the American Bar Association has approved us to start the first fully online JD program in the country. And as two of the faculty members who were instrumental in helping us achieve uh, the substantive change and variance from the American Bar Association, I wanted to share uh, with our listeners some of the details about how this came about and what it is it's going to be and uh, what they can expect this might mean for the future of legal education. So Dean Nieslow, if you can start by just telling us about this fully online JD program, what is it going to look like for the students who participate? Absolutely. So we are really excited about this program. Dean Marks and I were involved with it from the beginning, but many of our colleagues participated in the ultimate structure and architecture of the program. So really what it is, is the opportunity for a student who cannot attend law school in person to complete their JD fully online uh, on a part-time schedule. So it provides, in many ways, maximum flexibility for the student. In terms of the actual student experience, what that looks like is that they will join this program with a cohort of 25 students, uh, and they will complete the traditional 1L curriculum, and then proceed into a block schedule in the upper level courses as well. So they will get to know their classmates and colleagues really well, being in this small group, and they'll also get to know their faculty members really well. Lots of opportunity for dialogue with the faculty and different activities with the faculty. So we're really excited about that to maintain that high level of engagement. Uh, one component of this program that's important to us and that we're excited about is the use of pretty significant assessment throughout the course of the part-time online JD. So that's going to occur at a number of different spots. So even among our current students, we take assessment measurements of their progress through, de through the degree um, before they start their 1L year before they start their 2L year and before they start their 3L year. And that really looks to see how they're progressing in terms of foundational skills, so think things like writing and analysis and briefing, and also looks at doctrine. Where are they strong in terms of doctrine? And then maybe as they head into the bar exam and beyond, where do we want to take the opportunity to remind them of some critical foundational roles? So we're going to use that same structure for our part-time students, but also incorporate significant assessment through the individual classes. So classes will give lots of opportunity for assessment within the cohort. So you'll have opportunities in a class like civil procedure to participate in quizzes or written activities that help you as a student gauge your progress in the class. And we will be behind the scenes doing a lot with that data to make sure our part-time students uh, are progressing through their legal education and are coming out ready to tackle the bar exam. And one of the things that most impressed me when I arrived and learned about the data-driven approach that St. Mary's takes to um, assessing its students over the full three years is that um, 
we utilize that information in real time for both the individual student and the cohort. Uh, so we'll be able to certainly with the small cohort in particular, uh, identify if there are areas that need some remediation or extra support as they progress um, through the curriculum. So Dean Marks, um, there are a number of law schools, as you know, who are doing hybrid JD programs. Um, and this has taken it a step further. Why does St. Mary's think that we can do this effectively when no other law school is doing it yet? Well, we have a track record, uh, not in JD, but with our Master Jurisprudence program. So as uh, the Associate Dean of Strategic Partnerships and Innovation, one of my roles is to run our Master of Jurisprudence program as well as our LLM program. And we started the Master of Jurisprudence program in 2015 as a residential program. And one of the things we soon learned in the first two years of running the program was we were not reaching the people we wanted to reach, which were professionals, working professionals. So what were the obstacles to working professionals being able to do the degree? It was just getting to campus and being able to do the coursework. So we made the decision to move our degree to be fully online. It's, it's, you can still go ahead and do it residentially, but we like if we want to do this, we need to have an online component. So we started offering it as an option to do it fully online. But two questions still remained was, were we going to reach the audience we wanted to reach? And did we have the technological capability to deliver a quality legal education? So luckily, we have a robust academic technology services department here at St. Mary's. We worked with them on uh, running Canvas, which is our online learning uh, module, and our, our learning management system, that is. And so through that learning management system, we all went through training. And we found professors who were willing to go ahead and get trained in online uh, teaching. We had a 10-week online certification course that every one of the professors who took part in the program had to go through. And uh, this included both adjuncts who are practitioners as well as full-time faculty. And we ran the program, and lo and behold, it was a huge success. Um, we did, in fact, reach the professionals that we wanted to. Uh, the program expanded, but also we got great feedback from the students on what they learned, and we were able to deliver a quality legal education in an online format. So when the question came, is this going to reach the market we want to reach for a JD, and do we have the capability, we knew the answer to both of those was yes. We have a track record with the Master of Jurisprudence, and so we're very confident through our lessons learned through the Master of Jurisprudence that we're going to be able to do this successfully. And another advantage we have at St. Mary's is every one of our faculty have gone through this online certification course at this point. So our faculty are all trained in how to deliver quality legal education in an online format. So I think people out there will wonder um, did we develop this plan and apply for uh, a variance from the ABA because of the pandemic? Can you speak to that? Uh, the answer is no. Um, the pandemic happened to give us an excuse to get more of the faculty trained in online education, but we were looking at a way to reach different markets, and in particular the market in South Texas, uh, without having to force people to come all the way up to San Antonio to basically move, quit their job, just to get the legal education. So this was aided, I guess, by the pandemic in that it gave us an excuse to go ahead and get more faculty trained, but we would have been ready, even absent the pandemic, to make this move. Excellent. Um, Dean Niesel, can you talk a little bit about why providing um, increased access to a legal education um, through this 
entirely online part-time JD program is consistent with the mission and the values of St. Mary's. So St. Mary's is a Catholic and Marianist university, which means we have very strong values relating to equity and inclusion and access uh, in terms of education. And we also really want to educate in the family spirit and with open arms and make people feel comfortable here. And this mission really does line up so perfectly with offering this type of degree. As Dean Marks mentioned, one thing we have really wanted to do over a number of years is make sure that folks in South Texas have full access to a legal education. And this online degree will allow more people to take advantage of that opportunity uh, without having to pick up and move to San Antonio and bear some of the costs and inconvenience that that would usually uh, result in. So in terms of a mission-based approach, we are really excited about the opportunity for more people who couldn't traditionally pursue an in-person degree uh, to get the opportunity to join us here and do that. Excellent. Um, can you tell us, Dean Niesel, a little bit about how student services will be offered? I know we had a chance to sample this with, uh, with the pandemic, uh, but what does that look like for the online student? The online student has full access to all of our amazing student support services. As Dean Marks mentioned, we are no strangers to this. We actually had all of our services fully available online for our online MGER students. So in some ways, the pandemic did not represent that much of a transition for us in making sure that our services were fully available to a student who was attending online. So when you think of the traditional student support services, things like career services, things like student affairs, things like academic support, those offices at St. Mary's maintain very robust in-person operations, but they also are fully prepared to service an online population. So that will involve things like being able to schedule meetings over Zoom, um, having remote opportunities for networking and pro bono, being able to access personal academic support coaching through our Office of Law Success. But we do feel strongly that our online students should really have the full St. Mary's experience, and our departments are very prepared to do that. One of the things, um, in addition to student services, that I am excited to, um, to have us implement with this program is connecting alumni mentors with the students in this program. Uh, because there will be 25 of them, uh, we imagine um, some or many of them will come from South Texas, uh, our alumni body will be uh, accessible and available to them to have an additional uh, community support system um, for the students in this program. Dean Marks, is it anticipated that uh, it will simply be a 25-person cohort and that's uh, all that we will engage in as far as this online program goes moving forward? So one of the representations we made to the ABA was that we felt strongly that maintaining small cohorts was important to have a quality legal education in an online format. So I don't anticipate uh, this replacing the brick and mortar in-person experience for law schools. Uh, I think we're going to be very successful in this endeavor, but even with it being a success, I think the role you'll primarily see an online program take, assuming other schools start to mimic our model, is to again reach a market of people who basically aren't able to go to law school otherwise. Uh, to provide an opportunity that's being denied because of geography 
And so I think this is going to be successful, but I don't see it replacing the brick and mortar. I think it's going to become an important adjunct to a law program that is in person. Absolutely. Dean Niesel, I know that you taught the online section during the pandemic of uh, one of our first year classes, Civil Procedure. And can you share um, how was their performance and, and what was their reaction to um, having that online experience? Our online students from our online students who entered in fall 2020 were a fantastic group and they really took to online learning. Um, I had a great experience teaching them. I found them really engaged and I think one of the nicest things to see was that they really built a student community despite being in an online environment. So there were study groups, they ran for SBA offices, they got involved um, through various registered student organizations, they started their own. Uh, the reality is they really formed a student community through the online platform and I think that was really reassuring to us to see because we wanted to make sure going forward that type of feeling would exist if we moved forward with an online cohort. In terms of academic performance, we did have a way to measure the performance of the online section against the traditional in-person sections. So our faculty uses a standardized bank of multi-state bar exam questions um, that can be used for assessment in the traditional bar courses. So in the 1L year, of course, things like civil procedure, contracts, or torts, etc. And so what we did at the end of the first semester is we compared the assessment results through that platform um, and compared our section O, our online section, with the in-person sections. And what we saw is that section O was more than holding its own. They were actually the second highest performing section on that assessment metric. And that really let us see that in terms of receiving a quality legal education, they were not falling behind their peers in any way. In fact, they were thriving. Now, I think one thing we'll be looking for as we do formal admission into the online JT is students who are well suited for online learning. I, think if the pandemic has taught us anything is that works really well for some people and frankly it's not a good fit for others and so we'll really be trying to assess for every individual applicant if this is the right match for them if this is the environment where they can be successful but it was great to see last year that for the folks who opted into the program um, it was a good match and they went on to perform really well. Well, I think you bring up an excellent point. I mean, we all have different learning styles, and what this will offer is an opportunity for those who can thrive in an online environment or, as we heard from many students last year, enjoy that opportunity and, uh, and really benefit from the opportunity to go back over lectures, to, to revisit what the professor said, to have that um, you know, asynchronous content. All of that was very helpful to people with a particular learning style. Well, yeah, one of the other things I'd like to add, because I also taught, uh, and I have taught online a number of times, is because of there's an asynchronous component, you have to have a way to assess whether they have actually processed the asynchronous, which gives the opportunity for formative assessment, which you don't typically get in a live classroom environment. Uh, law school is very much a sink or swim. You get to the final and then you go ahead and perform. And a lot of students really enjoy the opportunity to sort of get a little test as they go on Am I getting the material? Am I keeping up with the learning objectives? And that's been an advantage that we've been able to uh, incorporate into the online environment. Yes, the students um, get that feedback, but also the professors get that feedback yeah. too, right? I, did I really cover promissory estoppel the way that I thought I did or as effectively as the students need me to? 
So Dean Marks, you have now been part of an ABA substantive change application and variance process twice, right? At least twice that I know of. Um, yeah, I've, I've had more communications with the ABA than I wish to have, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, they might be listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. I'm... But um, I wanted to ask, uh, for those law schools who are asking, and some are already asking, I know you and me, um, well, how did you do this? What's the process like? Can you just give a brief overview of, of how this happened with the ABA? Before we did anything, we formed a ad hoc committee at the law school. I think that was important to see that for the ABA to see that we had actually been very thoughtful about the process, that there was buy-in from the faculty, and we had to decide as a committee, is this something we were going to recommend to the faculty? And then if we were going to recommend it, what was it going to look like? And so part of the early process was going ahead and building out what a schedule would look like, whether it would be uh, fully asynchronous or in a sort of semi-synchronous where there would be live components and asynchronous components. That's the model we opted for. Um, and really just thinking through every aspect of not just the class, but as we've talked about, student services, um, professional development. And so when it came time to fill out the ABA's request for a substantive change and for a variance, which is a form that they have you fill out, we had a lot of those answers already set. We had already gone through, we had thought through as a faculty these issues. And so we really then just recording what it was we had decided to do. Um, now one of the things, again, I'd like to stress is we felt very strongly that a small cohort was the only way this would be successful. Yes. And this is not a this was not a money making play. Um, in fact, if it was a money making play, we would not have limited it to twenty five. We would have said, oh, a hundred, right? Um, but we felt very strongly about twenty five, and so we applied to the ABA, and then we had our follow up uh, teleconference or our Zoom conference with them, uh, which was fun, and. Um, were able to answer questions with them. I mean, it really was. It was a chance for us, I think, to, to explain to the ABA uh, just how thoughtful we were about all of this. Um, and uh, we were hopeful we would get the approval after the Zoom meeting, and we were. Uh, but I think, again, one of the reasons we were successful was we were very clear that this was about access. It was not about making money. It was about giving people an opportunity to get a legal degree. I agree. And in between those times, I will say the ABA assigned a fact finder, very experienced legal educator, um, who investigated, if you will, how we were going to do this, how we came about these decisions, and uh, met with me several times, met with a group of our online-only students so they he could find out about what that experience was like directly from them, sat in on, I know, one of your classes, yeah. Dean Marks, um, and attended... Uh, asynchronously um, one of your past classes, Dean Niesel, uh, and then sat in on yet another class of one of our uh, talented and experienced um, online uh, legal education providers. And, um, and then ultimately we had, uh, after his report and, and a response, we had the ABA Council's uh, hearing where we had a Zoom meeting and answered all of their very thoughtful questions. So it was a comprehensive process that the American Bar Association went through, uh, and I know we were delighted when we uh, got the approval. I wanted to share, which I think is so ironic and the funniest part of this process, that while we were on the Zoom um, call, or the <laughs> hearing with the ABA, um, the internet for our entire campus went down. So there we were asking for approval for an entirely online JD program only to have 
technology fail us, but we immediately turn to our phones and we're able to log back in and say, look at us able to pivot even when things go wrong. Um, but I will never forget the moment of panic as, as, yes. as I dropped out of the Zoom. Yeah, in my memory, there were, it, I, this is probably wrong, but it makes a funnier story. They ask you, why are St. Mary's ready to go ahead and move online? And you were like, St. Mary's is prepared to move online. Yeah, click. <laughs> and no then you're frozen. And Zoe and I were there. Um, we're, we're sure this is just a, a brief glitch. And it, it actually did turn out there was an exterior line to the university that got cut by a work crew. So, that's our story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this has uh, been a really great conversation. And I know you and the three of us have talked about this ad nauseum this year, right? And we're getting ready to plan the program. But before you all go off and do the things you have to do with students in a few minutes, I just want to ask, um, how do you think this fits with the future of online education, um, online legal education? So I think we're going to be successful. I think we're going to demonstrate that this is a viable way to deliver legal education. And I think you will see other schools um, mimic our program. But as I said, I don't think it it's going to ever replace brick and mortar or the traditional law school classroom. But I think it's going to be um, part of a number of campuses' efforts to go ahead and reach out to a more diverse student body, uh, to go ahead and give access where there's been less access to law school. Um, there are just economic realities about trying to open a, a law school in some place like, say, South Texas, uh, where maybe it couldn't support a full-time law school with students, you know, you would need probably a cohort of 100, 150 students coming in. Uh, that may not be a reality, but it is economically feasible for a school like ours and others similarly situated to have an online component that gives access. So I think this is going to be a part of the future of legal education. Dean Niesel, do you have anything to add? I second Dean Marks. I think this is going to only increase access, it's going to increase opportunity, and it's going to increase flexibility. And I think that's what the new generation of students want and require. Um, I don't think it replaces the traditional brick and mortar institution because I think in-person learning works really, really well. And it works really well for a lot of people. Uh, but this provides just that other option to people for whom the traditional JD is not an economic or logistical reality, but they absolutely would thrive in a program like this. It is a natural evolution given the time that we are in and uh, the needs of the incoming student population. So I thank you all for the time you've put in in making this happen here at St. Mary's, um, but also uh, for sharing the experience um, regarding the program with our listeners. This has been another episode of Ed Up Legal with your host, Patty Roberts. EdUp Legal is part of the EdUp Experience podcast network, bringing you the brightest and most influential minds across higher education and beyond. Here at EdUp, we make education your business.